my God. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I have something to tell you, and it's really important that I just remembered. My friend texts me, and she's like, hey, do you remember this girl? We used to work with her. I said, oh, my God, yes. She's the lady that threw up in the salad case. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's self-imposed? Yep. Yes, it was. She was literally... (laughs) That changes everything. Like, virtually any other option, just on the floor. On the floor would have been better. (laughs) Right, right, right. R.I.P. Salad Case Lady. And that is our tribute this week on (laughs) Shitty Cinema. There are good movies and there are great movies. But that's not what we watch here because this is Shitty Cinema. Yeah! We are four film masochists who love to take on the worst movies we can find centered around our monthly theme to answer one simple question. Would you watch it again? I'm Jay, and I'm joined by Dave. Howdy. Casey. You fat pig. And Juice. ooh Every week, one of us has to pick a movie based on that month's theme. Dave, what's this month's theme? Well, we're into a new month. Last week, we wrapped up a month of reanimated TV shows with MacGyver. Thanks for that. Yeah, and I you're don't welcome. Know. Yeah. It was crafty. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know about the rest of you, but I find bad TV a lot harder to stomach than bad movies. So we're going back to our cinematic comfort zone. This mm-hmm. month is the sad, sad West. Hollywood's had a bee in its bonnet for Western since 1903, and we're looking for the best of the worst in the genre since then. Casey, you mean like you- a bee? Like B rating in its bonnet. I'm gonna be honest. I just looked up a list of cowboy slang and scrolled through till I found something I could make work. (laughs) Casey, you're kicking the month off for us. What did you make us watch this week? This week, I brought another fan suggestion with coming at ya. Is it the first 3D Western? I'm told no, but it's the first one I've ever fucking watched, so it's the first in my heart. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Westerns, but I do like 3D movies, and as a child, I like pop-up books, which basically, (laughs) this is 90 minutes of something being pointed directly in your face, so I hope you guys enjoyed it. All right, Casey, before you start sticking things in my face, we're going to need you to sell us this movie in about 10 seconds here on an elevator pitch, all right? You and a bunch of your friends, you're all drunk and crazy, and you got lured into this abandoned old bell tower with promises of free boozes and pizza. I've gone creepier places for less, so yeah, I believe it. Okay, however, you didn't know that this bell tower not only has a spiral staircase going all the way up around the side, which you have to climb to get said booze and pizza. Uh, um, uh. It is infested with very poorly painted bats that are being dangled by strings, apparently by the people at the very top. I think they're just <gasps> trying to fuck strings. with you at this point. I know. I'm so, not a cat. However, your friends are freaking the fuck out. They're screaming and throwing and pushing. You get knocked off the ledge in about 10 seconds. You're going to hit the ground. Sell us this movie. A one-man army will stop at nothing to get his wife back in this 3D art house film that feels like Tarantino's first Western. Come for the 3D, stay for the bats. Eight seconds. Nice. (laughs) After that thrilling description, why don't we go over the movie that Shitty Cinema watched? No good Western is complete without a lone gunman, and ours is a bank robber named Hart. This lone gunman is ready to settle down and marry his sweetheart, Abilene, but the wedding is interrupted by a pair of brothers. Abilene is kidnapped, and Hart is shot and left for dead. You got a lot more from the beginning opening of this movie than I did. I didn't know that there were names of the characters or that he was a bank robber, so I'm glad we're learning things. 
Also, I guess I forgive you for getting super drunk at our wedding because at least you didn't get shot. Like, <laughs> it was hard enough nursing your hangover and writing thank you cards. Um, I That's think true. if your writing arm got shot, you would have been a little bitch and not written any. So That's true. Yeah, I would have definitely bagged off. Hart decides to pick up his old mantle and hunt down the brothers, discovering on the way they're kidnapping women to recreate castle anthrax from Monty Python. But... Instead of a castle, they keep them in a bell tower with bats. So, Hart partners with a preacher and sets out to recreate a classic American tale of vengeance. Hart learns it's the Thompson brothers he's after. Thompson brothers, I hate to break this to you, but Hart is coming at ya. He becomes a one-man wrecking ball, shooting the bad guys, smashing guitars over their head, and of course, saving helpless women in pursuit of his wife. This would be difficult for the audience to understand, if not for the preacher who explains the plot to us. The Thompson brothers bad. They rape women. Get them hard. I mean, so far, I don't disagree with him. I don't think that's a really controversial statement. After saving one of the brothers, Hart crashes a Thompson sex trafficking party with guns and a smug attitude. He demands all their gold, but is instead captured by Oklahoma Jones using the old whip around the throat strategy. Okay, Jones. This leads to Hart being tortured for the whereabouts of the Thompson brother he captured. The Thompson brothers are reunited while Hart is strung up. How the vengeance tables have turned. Like any industrious lone gunman, Hart escapes and begins his vengeance having in earnest. He kills one brother in the escape, tracks the other brother using the trail of dead women he leaves in his wake. The preacher, left for dead, is maybe saved by heart? It's less clear than the preacher's Scottish accent. Whatever happened to fucking breadcrumbs? Why do we have to use, like, dead hostage ladies? Use um, breadcrumbs. We'll find the trail of rats on the way. The, all of his hostages were also worth a ton of money, so I, I don't know what he was doing. Well, right. the, the, the preacher said that he went crazy, so, you know, he's just pissed off and just on a murder streak. Finally, Hart encounters the remaining Thompson brother to free his wife. Hart and the last Thompson brother have a shootout in an abandoned town. Hart saves his wife, kills the remaining Thompson brother and his gang, and then blows up a windmill with what I can only assume is one of those exploding pistol bullets. Boom! And literally rides off into the sunset. You know what? I gotta say I agree with Hart. Fuck wind power, clean coal for life. I understand what you did there. <laughs> Jay, I think you did a fantastic job of writing us through that movie, but I'm not married to the Western genre. It's not my favorite. So this film was brought to my attention by Tim, who also recommended Hard Ticket to Hawaii and Do or Die. He's kind of like the godfather of shitty cinema. He gives us great suggestions, but also he's not feminine enough to listen to a podcast or own a computer <laughs> or use the internet. So you know what? Tim, if you ever hear this in like 10 years when you break down, Love you, buddy. But I deeply, deeply enjoy this movie, especially for the 3D effects. Oh, man. It is some classic 3D. 
like okay. 50s caliber. Like it has not tried. Okay. On that note, <laughs> we so did not watch it in 3D. None of us have the glasses that That's we need. That's true. Luckily, Which is unfortunate. Yeah. Luckily for us, though, the movie makes it very apparent when shit's supposed to be popping out of the screen <laughs> at you. Because every eight minutes or so, somebody points a branding iron directly at the screen or a bat swoops down at you. And they practically flash a card that says panic. Dave, you bitched about Avatar like rolling a rock into the front of the camera. This <laughs> oh, movie. Yeah. Right. Oh Same my energy. god. Same energy. The the main character of this movie who plays Hart is also one of the producers of the films and he actually said he is not the star of the film. The 3D is the star of the film and I don't get it at all. Dave, if the 3D is the star of the film, I'm going to say the star of the 3D was the bats in the belfry scene, which you get oh about Oh, a little less than an hour into the movie. The hero's wife has been kidnapped by some human trafficking assholes that are taking her and a bunch of other broads down to Mexico to be sold off into whorehouses and right. whatnot. Yeah. And while all the women are sleeping and they're all sleeping on the stairs all the way up, one woman wakes up to a little. <laughs> and one by one. The girls wake up and freak the fuck out. And this is what I called castle anthrax when we were describing the plot because yeah. the women are just crammed in this tiny little bell tower. There's like yeah. 40 of them, 50 of them. And I don't understand why these women are so freaked out because the bats that you're supposed to be scared of that are popping out of your screen look like, like they look like when Dollar Tree rolls out their Halloween merchandise. Uh-huh. Somebody yeah. just Dollar emptied General. out a bin. Dollar Tree. <laughs> Dollar Tree. He yeah, picked absolutely. His words very thoughtfully. Okay, the reason the women are freaking out is because did you see the bats feeding on Broad's faces? Yeah, yeah, they're they're some kind These of bats that fruit bats. Turn your face off. Right. These were Florida meth bats that had traveled yeah. over to Texas and just have a taste for human flesh. Like these were throat grabbing, forehead biting, eyeball poking bats. And it, they managed to kill at least two women. Sort of. They sort How? of do. Three. Huh? I saw three. One girl was blacked out after she'd been bat bit. No, two, of them, okay. two yeah. of them just fall off shit. That doesn't no. count. That's not on the bats. <laughs> All right. One woman was chased off the stairs and fell to her death by a bat. The other woman literally did a barrel roll off of the balcony rather than be touched by a bat. And honestly, I could see my mom in either one of those roles. Okay, but it does... Count is killing them, Dave. They The bats are the cause of these women falling off this. I don't think it's on the bats. I think they tripped over the strings that you can see holding these rubber bats up. <laughs> <laughs> and they just got clotheslined off of the stairs. I think it, you're wrong because it's filmed in slow motion. So you get to really see every excruciating moment of her fleeing from the bat and accidentally flying over the balcony. That is a beef I had with this film because so <laughs> much of it was shot in 3D slow motion. Also, another bitch, I don't know if anybody else picked up on it, but there was dirt on this camera lens the whole movie. Like, stop throwing shit directly at the lens yeah. and you won't have dirt on it. Yeah, no, it's it's a spaghetti western. It yeah. was made real cheap. We're doing it in one take. Nobody really cares all that much. Apparently they got our money. Yeah, I mean, it worked out for them. They had a budget yeah. of two and a half million and they made 12 million off it. It was profitable and apparently it was a big enough deal that it kicked off a mini revival of 3D films and at least according to the Wikipedia page, this movie is part Part of what led us to Jaws 3D. That's and true. Oh. That's 
look, some, someone needs to answer for that what, is what I'm where, saying. Where, when, and why? I, I have a lot of questions. I didn't watch the 3D Jaws. Seriously? I, you know. No. Oh, man. It's, it, it did well. Uh, the critics hated it. It gave us a good joke in Back to the Future 2. Uh, and Dennis Quaid was high on cocaine for every single frame of the film he appears in. So, you know, you take the good Hello. with the bad. We had a Quaid lewd month. We know what all the Quaids are about. Okay. I still don't know which one's Dennis. <laughs> I'm not surprised, and I won't ask questions. First rule of being a Quaid is don't ask, don't tell. Right. And Dave, uh. you definitely know which one it is, because if you're in the presence of all of the Quaids, Randy's the one you want to have sex with. Oh, okay. So that one's Randy. All right. Yeah. What? No, Randy's the one that fucked his wife wearing like a Reagan mask or something weird on a picnic table. <laughs> yeah, right. Randy gets freaky. I know what I'm yeah. about. Oh, you know what? I apologize. Don't I got a little it, too much Casey. dip on my chip there, and I, I'll step it back. I do apologize. Something I enjoyed about coming at you was they made the fight scenes 3D. Sometimes everything yeah. kind of stops in the fight scenes, but like when one of the Thompson brothers goes to stab our main character hard, he literally has a gold tipped sword that he just shoves in the face of the camera, especially the end of the movie. All the tricks they couldn't figure out how to kind of fit into the 3D <laughs> thing. It was like a five minute montage of the bad guys getting ready for Hart to come into the abandoned town. They like poured grapes all over the screen. They threw yo-yos at the screen. Really, I think the impetus behind this was just how much stuff can we throw at a camera? I'm pretty sure we got this movie because someone bought a 3D camera and then had to figure out how to make it a tax write-off? Yeah, it kind of felt <laughs> like they worked backwards from the 3D thing. Like My favorite was at the end of the film when Hart is below a porch and he mm. slowly slides a gun barrel, a rifle barrel, up two slats between wood right up to this dude's testicles and pulls the trigger and oh yeah ugh. lifts mm. him right off the ground mm. I mean if you if you can't stop kicking them until they puke just shoot him in the balls just shoot him <laughs> right up the balls up the Dave, balls is important. Dave, you look like you're in pain. What was your favorite part of 3D? Oh god, yeah, the the shotgun blast of the balls was hard to watch. And it was a, it was a very good western sequence, but it was hard to watch. Uh, you don't need to lie, Dave. It was baby dick. We all know. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know if that one was actually supposed to be 3D or not, but yeah, at one point a baby's ass and balls is lowered directly towards the camera, and I did not need that in my fucking life. Yeah, but you don't see the dick it's fine it still what comes Anne out of Gettys left field can do it in its arc <laughs> now, wow. i did like all of the random weapons flying at the camera the spinning <sighs> spear at one point a native american who is definitely not native american uh, <laughs> no. shoots flaming arrows at heart and he yes. has to like neo matrix dodge out of the way of them those he are actually pretty goddamn good right he dodged a lot of shit i think the proper term is uh native cincinnatian yeah it just looked like a dude from ohio just a dude from ohio but she also at the end name. of that scene we get where he, uh heart comes running at the non-native american and stabs him right in the fucking gut with a two-pronged pitchfork and then the pitchfork you know just sticks right out at the camera and he oh, slowly yeah. walks towards the camera like oh well i can't say that this movie is the best thing i've ever watched i feel like it's a super important part of history when you watch coming at you especially in the first 15 minutes of this 
this film, you can draw a lot of parallels between this and any Tarantino film. It is very Kill Bill between going between black and white and color, the wedding scene, the way it's shot, the angle. I mean, you can draw a lot of parallels between this and like every other Western, though. But how many Westerns came at you? That's why I think I really love this film is because it's not your just your standard Western like this is landscape porn. Look at this mountain. Look at this brush. This is dry. This is not like they were very <clears throat> mindful that, about how they used color, how they used sound, how they frame shots. Yes, it's not a blockbuster movie, but someone put a lot of heart and soul into this film. I agree with you. They really attempt to use color and come and at you in a really great way. But I, I, the execution is uh, is it's lacking at times. Right? It's real bad. So, for example, they try and use black and white to portray certain emotions. And there's a point where you think that Hart's wife might be dead on the ground and all of the other women are black and white except for this one that's in color. And then he flips her face and she goes to black and white to indicate, no, she's she it's not his wife. Right. But it's really vague. I mean, you really sort of have to pay close attention to pick up on that. The yeah. first time you watch it, it looks like it could be her with her face just drugged through the same. And so the hair was totally different. Yeah, like they're they're trying for a whole the hair changes. No, Casey. yeah, the hair was supposed to be what reminded him of her. It was shorter. I'm sorry he doesn't know his own broad's hair. It took you a fucking hour <laughs> to realize I went from platinum blonde to jet black, you son of a bitch. Men the don't notice is, shit. The point is they're trying to do this like whole Sin City <laughs> stylistic choice. And the first time through, I thought it was just a shitty remaster from when yeah. this got dug out and converted to DVD. <laughs> So it They're didn't not trying to do a Sin City, Dave, as it came out 20 some years before it. Sin City was trying to do a coming at you, but they did it better. <laughs> I will say yeah, that. That's one of their influences, I'm Dave. At least they try. I've had to listen. Growing up with someone a lot older than me, like by 60 years, I've had to watch a lot of fucking Westerns. And I can tell you at least someone put thought into this. They tried to do something different. I appreciated that they didn't try to inject too much dialogue in it and they didn't try to do much character or world building because honestly, I don't give a fuck. I'm usually watching a Western not of my own volition. Please get it over quickly. Aside from the 3D effects, what new did they bring to the table for a Western? It's a lone gunman whose wife gets kidnapped and he goes and fights her back. I've seen that movie 30 goddamn times. But they used black and white. They used color. They used a guy under 5'6 as a lead (laughs) character. I don't know if that's true, but he looks short as hell. Okay. I will say we got to see a pair of tits in this movie, and you don't normally get that in westerns. There you, you go. We got to see a pair of tits. You uh, get to see nipple one. tits. We get to see one set of tits. Yeah, we do. When she's getting her Drugged colonic through the water, when she's the, getting yeah. a seawater colonic, which we'll talk about later. And then the when Fat Boy brother gets you know goes to get his fucking fuck on, he tries to come at this girl. She she takes her clothes off, but you only get a side boob. I will say that scene made me question, like, were women actually this hot in the Old West days? Because I don't think they were. Like, malnutrition was a pretty serious thing back then, right? I, I assume everybody in that time frame looked like the American Gothic painting. So that's the <laughs> right. only frame of reference I have. Right. Just yeah. you're born a spinster already with a little doily around your neck. That's as far as it goes. So I like that the movie tried to kind of temporarily humanize one of the Thompson brothers. Skinny brother stops Fatso from slapping the shit out of Abilene in the bell tower. He kind of gives her this knowing look like, hey, it got you, it got you. But later on, when you find out that 
her husband not only beat the shit out of his brother and then like killed him death by poking. Then he starts treating her like shit. Almost like, oh, maybe he's not that bad of a guy. You're like, oh, he just gave her a seawater colonic when he drug her behind a horse (laughs) on a rope down the Gulf of Mexico. So maybe he's not a nice guy. Right on the edge of the beach. So not too deep in the water, but it did look like a seawater colonic. Oh, yeah. Water was spraying up everywhere. Tits flew out. Like, that's so embarrassing when you fall and your tit flies out. But then also when you're getting a sand crab colonic, that's also not fun. Girl, I'm sorry. Credit where credit's due. Pike Thompson wasn't anything groundbreaking as a villain, but he's a pretty solid Western villain, and he gives an amazing speech about maybe you'll get away, maybe you won't, maybe I'll chase you, maybe I won't. That's too many maybes for me. And I'm paraphrasing, but it's it's some great villain speech, and we get a call back to it at the end of the film. And like, all right, good good writing. I like it. Well done. We haven't talked much yet about the Thompson brothers, but they are pretty solid Western villains. Man, the fat one, Poke Thompson, is just the stereotype of the, like, fat Western gangster that's going to fuck up your town. He is very fat, straight Carl Panzeram. Like, he is a scary motherfucker where you're just like, if he's in your town, man, woman, or child, that might be a raping. All right, guys. Hot take. Challenge me on this if you will. But I'm going to argue that Fat Thompson was... Played by the best actor in the movie. That guy really laid into his character. I believed it. He was a scumbag. I didn't like him. I think that he nailed that. Uh, no, I, I will disagree. Agree. What? I'm going to disagree. What? Dave's right. You're wrong. <laughs> no, I got to say, kidnapped girl number 14 was probably the best. <laughs> she didn't say anything. She just looked good. Okay. I'm going to contest all of those. And say at the end of the film, when Hart makes it to the abandoned town in order to save Abilene, he finds her. She got grazed in the arm as she was running away from one of the evil brothers by a bullet. And the second guy that breaks into the house that they're hiding in, extra number 977 that he shoots in the shoulder is the most dramatic. Well, second most dramatic death scene I've ever seen on screen I would say this is only rivaled by the golden girl karate girl death scene of like this guy getting shot by like a tiny 100 gauge bond gun (laughs) sized bullet and if you want to look that up it's on YouTube of worst death scene ever it's like the first results a dude in like a green turtleneck and bell bottoms completely worth 45 seconds of your time but this guy was really (laughs) fucking channeling it he got shot by one tiny bullet it was like, he does like this full 360 spin, lands on his knees, spins again, and then like does a twirl as he falls to the ground and then rolls twice in slow motion. And <laughs> in slow in, motion, in slow motion, and there's this beautiful facial expression he makes where his lips are like flying through the air. He's really getting into this character of death. It's so, like a slow motion Christy Yamaguchi. Yes, it's yes, fantastic. Beautiful. There's spinning, there's grimacing, there's drama and pressure. It's probably yeah. my third favorite part of this film. It's fucking <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> This man knows he has one shot of the film that he does not have to share screen yes. time with anyone and he is going to fucking own it. A lot of the extras were like that. Everybody was super like 100% committed to their role. I assume all they were the all extras. very drunk. 
I'm going to go back to this super evil fat brother, Polk. He had a full body meltdown when he's saved by his younger brother after he's been strung up and being bitten by rats. And he just keeps crying to his brother. He kicked me. He kicked me. He kicked like, bro, are you an eight year old girl? Shut the fuck up. Yes, he kicked you. Yeah, assumedly that he kicked him in the nuts, which is what we all took away from that. I think he definitely turned him into an eight-year-old girl, yes. I think he used the Casey School of Defense of don't stop kicking him in the dick till he starts puking and maybe Mm -hmm. went a couple steps farther, which I 100% support. He He was a rapist piece of shit. He went a couple steps farther with one of his henchmen later on, what we just talked about. Instead of kicking, shotgun blast to the balls. Right up, like, and up, not just to the balls. It's not like he pinged him like a can on a fence. He like went up towards the guts. Up, up it was the taint, right through the between gooch. his legs. Yeah, he God buried his testicles him. in his fucking intestine. If anyone deserved it, though, it was the fucking worst Thompson brother. Yeah, agreed. Oh, yeah. Poke Thompson was a great villain in that I hated the shit out of him yeah. and was happy to see anything awful done to him. When he got his balls kicked in, I was fine with it. When shitty rats were climbing all over him and he had to pretend like they were eating him, I was into <laughs> it. Just fuck oh. him up. The man's evil. They also went the extra mile to some post-production to make sure the rats had like blood red eyes. Again, another Dollar Tree effect. I'm sure it was super expensive in 1981, but now we can get for a literal fucking dollar. Like it was, we have some of these exact same rats in our house that are red eyed and they also squeak and we like to freak the dogs out with them. Oh, we do. Speaking of dogs, there was a dog in this movie for one shot. I don't think it was on purpose. No. I think that was just like There's... whoever director was just like, I brought Coco to the set. Oops, she's in this scene. Well, we'll yeah. forget about it. It's fine. There's it's a, one it's shot. A single, where... It's a single landscape porn shot. Yeah, where our main character is riding across this landscape vista and this dog comes out of nowhere and chases him. And in the next shot, the dog's gone. And we were all very concerned about where the dog went and where the dog came from. And are there dogs just wandering the Wild West? I need answers to this. I don't know. I don't know. And like, I don't see a lot of need for like terriers in the Wild West. I think it's like more collies, like herding dogs, not ratters. I feel like that terrier would have been a good fucking save for Fat Polk. Right. Terriers are ratters, so he should get a terrier. But I think the rest of the dogs are going to be like blue healers and shit. You know what I mean? I have a great idea. What's that? What would really make coming at you better is after the credits to insert a single scene of someone at that vista, at that location, and just looking around and then yelling like their dog name and then cut to black. (laughs) (laughs) Patches! Totally disconnected from the movie, but you're suddenly like, oh my god, this man is missing his dog. Now that's the movie I want to (laughs) watch. Dave, 1981's coming at you. Would you watch it again? Ah, uh, you know, Casey, I 
do not share your opinion that the Western aspect of this is really anything unique. The Western parts of this is shit I've seen a lot. If you've watched one Spaghetti Western, you've seen pretty much all of them. You have your Vista porn. You have your stoic gunmen. So there's nothing in this that really stands out on that. The highlight of this film is the 3D. And I didn't get to see it in 3D, but it's very obvious what you're supposed to see in 3D. They tried to do something and they failed badly, (laughs) but they do manage to fail hard enough that I was amused watching them try. So even though I'm not going to watch it again because it's a good Western, and even though I don't think it's actually even a shitty Western, it's just kind of a flat Western, the 3D failed hard enough that, yeah, I will sit down and watch this again just to see those dumb fucking bats. I am absolutely keeping a finger on the skip ahead button so I don't have to see a baby's ass again. That was unwelcome, and hey, I don't appreciate you also it. see it scrotum. Jay, how about you? 1981's coming at you. Are you going to watch it again? Well, if you check my Amazon history right now, you'll see that I just ordered a 50 pack of 3D glasses because, yes, yes, I will be watching it again. And I'm going to do so in 3D because I really want to feel the experience of this beautiful failure of a train wreck movie. It is not a good Western, but it is fantastic shitty cinema. I had a blast. I can't wait to watch it in 3D. Juice, what about you? Coming at you. Would you watch it again? We'll have to figure out what the cost of those glasses are because I'm going to fucking buy a pair from you and join you. Yeah. That seems like a lot of fun. You know, I've seen a lot of Western movies. I know names for maybe a quarter of them. And it, a lot of them, they run together. It doesn't matter. I agree with you guys, though. This failed so spectacularly that I have to watch it again. So, Casey, wonderful pick, by the way. But Thank you. it all comes down to you. Are you going to sit down and watch Come At You again? Hell yes, I would. I'm, again, I can't stress this enough. I'm not a big fan of Westerns. They're usually way too slow paced. But this had enough camp and was shot well enough without just total focus on the landscape to hook me. And again, this is super thoughtfully shot. The intro's perfect. Uh, the first thing, oh, yeah. everybody gushed over the intro. The bad guys are irredeemable. They don't try to bore me with introducing characters or really trying to make me care about anyone. They just, they more show than tell. And I feel Westerns should be seen, not heard, just like kids. So yeah, I will 100% watch Coming At You again. I really hope you're not fucking with me. I hope you ordered those glasses because I would definitely watch this again. All right, Cinemites. Well, the verdict is in then. This weird movie that we all decided to watch, four out of four of us are going to sit down and watch again. Obviously, though, at the end of the day, it's up to you. But we're going to have an extra set of glasses. So if you feel like watching it, go ahead and give Jay an email at Jay at Shitty Cinema and we can get you a pair for sure. Interjection. Before we continue with Sad Sad West, we actually at Shitty Cinema are coming up on our hundredth episode. We never thought we would make it this far. So in the spirit of Shitty Cinema, I've been dying to bring the movie The Room, which is just the right kind of shitty. It is classic shitty cinema. Everyone has heard of this film, and if you haven't, Google it, watch it, listen to the episode, because it embodies great intentions, shit delivery. So, we'll be honored to share with you next week our take on the room. I'm 
honestly, I'm moister than an oyster. Guys, thank you so much for listening from the bottom of our cold, dead little heart. I don't know, maybe listen to our podcast with a friend. Do you have a movie you want to torture us with? Hit us up on Facebook, sh.ttycinema. Like the page while you're there. I don't know. I'm not trying to tell you how to live. Wanna yell at Jay? Hit him up on Twitter at Bad Movies, Bad People, and that's PPL. Do you want to help us sound better? Check out Patreon. Float us a couple bucks if you can. And now let's turn out the lights, turn on the 3D, and put all sorts of sticks up in your camera, girl. Oh, baby. Is that a pitchfork, or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> <laughs>